mental toughness that can break through a brick wall. Tammy G. Barlett has set a new standard of mental toughness that will leave you inspired and determined to break through your own brick wall. Watch this video to follow the story of this courageous female fighter pilot who showed resilience and grit even while pregnant. Tammy is an example of what can be achieved when the mind is strong enough to overcome any challenge. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and meet us when we're live to ask questions to our incredible guests. And you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let me introduce you to this incredible guest we have today. Tammy Barlett, a U.S. Air Force fighter pilot, retired in 2018 as a lieutenant colonel. Upon retiring, she became a professional speaker and founded Athena's Voice, a speaker referral business featuring female military pilots from around the United States. She is also a mental performance coach for aviators, specializing in the art of perseverance. Tammy served in the U.S. Air Force for over 20 years, flying multiple aircraft, including the T-37 Tweet, T-38 Talon, A-10 Warthog, MQ-1 Predator, and MQ-9 Reaper, accumulating more than 3,000 total flying hours and over 1,500 hours of combat support time assisting and protecting troops on the ground in both Iraq and Afghanistan. She is also a graduate of the prestigious U.S. Air Force Weapons School and has a Master of Arts in Christian Ministry. Tammy is married to a U.S. federal agent and has three beautiful children. Please help me welcome our hero here. Welcome, Tammy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It truly is an honor to have you here today. I'm excited. It'll be a good conversation. It will be. I know. It, it totally will be because we already got started before we went on. So let's just give our audience a little bit of a background for, for their benefit. Let's explain and tell who you are. Yeah, well, I grew up in Minnesota. And... I was yeah, always, I was an athlete. I was a gymnast. I 
played instruments. I, I was involved in anything and everything I could be part of. And I was doing some college in high school, and I was always interested in the military. And there happened to be a Navy guy in my class. And he, I, I decided to talk to him because I was interested in the military, but I didn't know anyone in the military. So I asked him, hey, what do you think about going in the Navy? And he said, I think the military is great, but you should look at the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> And so basically what happened is I went to the University of Minnesota and gave Air Force ROTC a shot. And I never looked back because it was the first time in my life I felt surrounded by people who had like the same goals as me. They were really trying to be good, high quality people. Just I wanted to serve my country. And that was my plan. But of course, as an ROTC student, they asked, do you want to be a pilot? And I hadn't even thought about that because I didn't know any pilots, let alone female pilots. And I ended up pursuing that option because it seemed like an amazing career. I mean, someone who was a tree climber, roller coaster kid, gymnast, it was perfect. <laughs> so I went into the Air Force and I flew like the, the multiple aircraft that you listed off. I flew for 20 years. Um, the entirety of my career, I spent most of my time instructing, which I absolutely love. At that time, I got married and had kids and kept going in my career and eventually retired in 2018 and started Athena's Voice, which is the speaking business you mentioned. And here we are today. Yeah, you've done a lot. And, you know, even going into motherhood, just continuing to strive on. And even after your career, you know, with Athena's Voice, and that is really incredible. I'm excited to share a little bit about those things with the audience. So, wow, where do we start? You didn't even, you know, think that you were interested in flying. And like you said, yeah, for a girl who was excited about, you know, roller coasters and all of that, it, it couldn't have seemed more fitting for you at the time. Exactly. And it's pretty funny because when I showed up at pilot training, I found myself surrounded with mostly men, by mostly men with engineering degrees who wanted to fly since they were three. And I didn't really fit in. Obviously, I wasn't a guy. I didn't have an engineering degree. My, my degree is actually in gerontology, which is the social and psychological study of aging. And I had just decided I wanted to fly. So some of them were kind of like, wait, you, you just kind of showed up to this game. But I mean, I didn't know about it. I always, tr I truly thought I could be whatever I wanted to be. But sometimes if you don't see it, you just don't think about it. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, until we, the world of possibilities opens up, we don't know what we're interested in yet. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you talk about being the, the only female and it wasn't even your dream, but what kind of other adversities did you experience? Well, I mean, I think pilot training in general, it doesn't matter what your gender is. It's, it's full of adversity. It's extremely challenging. I mean, in the military itself, you know, I mean, part of going through becoming a pilot is we had to go to survival and resistance training, you know, and there was, so there's just a lot of adversity built into being in the military. And I think that I was, you know, my no quit mentality that I really, de I didn't really develop that until I was in the military. So mm. it kind of refined who I was because it just allowed me to see my potential if I wouldn't allow myself to quit. Because in my mind, there was a lot of situations where, I mean, where I just couldn't quit. So you could actually see how much further you can go 
when you don't consider that quitting as even an option. So what I did was I took that and I've applied that to my, just my mindset in general. So even though a lot of times now there are things I can do that I could quit, like I could quit running my business, I could quit professional speaking when it gets hard, but I just don't allow that to be an option. I mean, obviously, unless something drastic has changed, I can reassess my values. And, but I just don't allow it to be an option if things are still just continuing from, you know, that starting point onward and there hasn't been a major change. Do you think that that, um, like you said, you didn't really understand that or have that develop that mentality until you were in training and, and going through all of it? Do you think that that holds true? That a lot of times we don't develop those mindsets until we're, we're put into certain situations. Absolutely. I, I think that's why I talk about it. And that's why I have my, my main keynote is on perseverance and having a mm -hmm. mission focused mindset and teaching people how to have the no quit mentality, which the philosophy I have developed for myself is I will fail out before yeah. I bail out and mm -hmm. really push it till the end. And you know, what I say is if you set a solid goal based on your own personal core values, using solid goal setting techniques, you set yourself down the path and the challenges you face exceed your expectations. Some people will take that as a sign that they're on the wrong path, but I want to challenge people to consider it differently. I want mm. to challenge people again, if it's, if it's based on your core values and you really thought about it, you set yourself down the path that decision-making is closed. That, that phase is done. So set yourself down the path. And once you hit that point where the challenges are exceeding what you thought, then take it as a sign. It is a sign you are on the right path. It is a sign you're on the path of growth. I like that. And that's an incredible way to look at it. You've already made the decision don't just stop. The decision has been made. Keep going. Uh, fail out before you bail out. That's incredible. I, I love the way that you say that. And a lot of that stems right as a pilot, you know, and we were speaking about it yesterday with Miss Kim Casey Campbell. And the last thing you want to do is eject. So that's the point, right? You don't want to bail out and you don't want to eject. It's like, what else can you do? Look around you. What, what's next? Right. And I, and that's why, I mean, I love to talk about failing out before you bail it because the thing is, is that a lot of times what I, what I tell people is you need to get in the zone is what I call it. Um, again, you set yourself down the path and nothing has changed. When things get really hard, we only have so much thought energy. So consider your thought energy. When, you, when things are getting super difficult, you need all of that thought energy to get through that challenge. If you start taking up some of that thought energy and going, well, maybe I should quit. Hmm, if I quit and then like visualizing the scenario and what it would look like if you quit, you're draining that thought energy that mm -hmm. you need. So use it all and maybe you will fail out, but more than likely you will press through and you will get places you never thought you would be. You know, in a, like in a plane, you can't just pull over on a cloud and handle a situation. <laughs> you have to deal with it. And life is the same way. Yeah. Yes. I love that term. You can't just pull over on a cloud <laughs> and, you know, take a breather, right? You're right. You can't. You're, you're there and you're, you're soaring and you're floating and you got to, you know, 
roll with that. And, you know, I also really like that the thought energy, I like how you describe that, you know, don't, don't waste your time and that energy on those what ifs or those possibilities and negativity, you know, instead what's, what's in front of us. You know, I think so often people don't think about thought energy. They think about, I didn't get enough sleep and I'm tired. And, but how many times, like think about scenarios where if you have a routine in the morning, you're, you're kind of going through the, the motions and you're not using so much of your thought energy. So then you have more, that's why routines are so helpful to us. And I, I think a really good example is when I'm cooking, <laughs> if I'm using a recipe, I'm referencing back, I'm going back to the recipe, making sure I'm doing it right. I'm, I keep thinking, 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 and it just drains me. But if I'm using a recipe that I had memorized, it's more freeing. So I think that just gives us a good idea mm-hmm. of how much we have to value our thought energy and where are we wasting our thought energy because it really does drain us as a whole. You know, that makes me think of, you know, I, I always refer to it because I, I I used it back when I was, you know, in law enforcement that we fall to the level of our training and you're describing having to go back and reference a recipe when you don't have it memorized. It makes me think of that. You know, when you train yourself, you know, consistently, constantly over and over and over, that's what you, it's ingrained. It becomes ingrained. And I think that's the exact same thing with, you know, being able to train our thought patterns. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we really need to focus. I mean, one of the first steps in mindset training is just taking a few days to go, where do my thoughts go? Because we have thousands, like, I don't know, 65,000, I don't know what the number is, but thousands <laughs> of thoughts a day. And they're, most of them are not good. And when you start thinking negatively, you're looking for negative things. You know, like mm-hmm. if I tell you to look around your room for blue things, you'll find a bunch of blue things. Yeah. But I can ask you how many red things are you, and you're like, I have no idea because you weren't looking for that. And it's the same with negative and positive thoughts. So, you know, we really have to be cautious about what are our thoughts. So let's go back to when when you were just beginning and you went into this this field and you're going through the training. What are some of the things that you started developing and habits to to keep moving and forging forging forward? Well, I think that the first thing is preparation. So the and the Air Force kind of ingrained that into me. When you're in pilot training, there is a you do a ton of preparation. I mean, there's a ton of studying, there's a ton of simulators, but I think some of the biggest preparation was valuable to me was preparing for the unexpected. So the contingencies, the things that could go wrong. And, you know, for someone not in the flying world, it would be something like, okay, do you drive a car? And have you thought about if you get an accident, what are you going to do? It's not just, oh, I'll call my insurance company. I call the cops. Like, you're in the moment, like think through like, okay, I just crashed. What's my first step? Okay. Am I okay? Is everybody else? Okay. You know, and think through the step because that was one of the things that really prepared me to kind of get through adversities. You have to have that solid foundation of preparation. And one of the things we would do in pilot training is these things called standups and they're terrible. And it felt like hazing at the time, (laughs) but it's not hazing. Um, it really was very valuable. And as a young lieutenant, 
I didn't always understand. So a stand-up was basically all the instructors would sit around the outside. The students were sitting in front of their desks. They'd throw a scenario up saying, you know, hey, you're you're on runway one three, winds are one three zero at ten, you're starting to roll down the runway, and this, you know, X happens. And they give you a scenario and say, Lieutenant Ward, that was my main name. Lieutenant Ward, you have the aircraft. And you stand up with all your stuff, your checklist, your in-flight guide, and in front of everyone, sending it attention, you go through the scenario, and if you screwed it up, you didn't fly that day. And sometimes mm. I didn't really understand because I thought like, dude, I can't even fly this plane. I can't even land this plane yet. You're going to have me deal with some obscure emergency that may not even happen. But the truth is, is that first of all, it prepared me for potentially that situation, mm-hmm. but it prepared my mind for putting myself in that place of tension and calmly processing through it. So when I did hit a problem, it was amazing to me how how quickly like all that data came back and that mindset came back and and I processed through that. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with that. Sometimes at first it it feels so brutal and it's like why on earth are we doing this? And yeah, it's for the exact reason you said it really prepares you. It's that preparation piece of it and it, it just it's like a mental toughness, you know, that, and it makes you start thinking outside of the box and a lot quicker than you would have otherwise. Absolutely. So we're going to go to our first commercial. And then when we come back, we'll jump into a few more things and I'm looking forward to it. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard. And I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Hi, I'm April Hove, the Managing Director of the Fort Worth, Texas chapter of eWomen Network. I'm so excited that you stopped to watch this video. I've got good news for you. You have just discovered an international network of women entrepreneurs who are committed to helping you achieve, succeed, and prosper. We are on a mission to help 1 million women entrepreneurs each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. Here at eWomen Network, we have a complete success system that supports you every step of the way in building and growing your business. You being here right now is no accident. We're supposed to know about you. We want to meet you to find out how we can help you as well as learn about what you have to offer. With over 500,000 women connecting through 118 chapters across the US, Canada, Australia, and the UK, you are never alone. If this is resonating with you, please go to eWomenNetwork.com/slash Fort Worth. Notice too my contact information. 
I invite you to reach out to me and check out our upcoming in-person and online events. I am really looking forward to introducing you to our community. So we've talked about a few of the components of a mission-focused mindset. Perseverance is absolutely one of them. And then you talk a little bit about the enemies within. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. I think it's really important, especially nowadays. And what, you know, hear people talking about a mental health crisis. I think that we need to lead turn that. And I think that one of the ways is dealing with what I call the enemies within. Um, things like negative thought patterns and imposter syndrome and our emotions, we, we need to deal with all of them. So for example, for, for me, I, I constantly battle. A known enemy of mine is imposter syndrome. I don't care where I'm at, it happens. You know, if you attribute any, of your, any or all of your success to luck, good timing, or the ability to deceive others, then you have experienced imposter syndrome. And the truth is, is it's normal. I think everybody experiences it. And until I had a new, there was a name for it, I thought there was something wrong with me. Mm. But pretty much everyone feels that way. And I think that oftentimes people feel like as they climb higher in the ladder, it's going to decrease. When I actually think it, it potentially increases because there's less people up there. Pe you kind of think, well, how did I get here? Do I really deserve it? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just luck. Maybe it's just good timing. So that's one aspect of it. It's kind of those, those negative thoughts and doubting yourself. But the other piece of it is just dealing with emotions. What I like to say is that, you know, you, you can't just like build all these emotions up and like bury them and pretend they don't exist. They, they're there. And if they're not dealt with, they will multiply and eventually they will take over. But how do you, how do you deal with them? I mean, there's lots of ways on, you know, people are promoting lots of different ways and I can let, you know, you can go search your own more specific, but in a broad brush, what I like to say is, like for example, I have experienced a lot of failure on a small scale, on a big scale. Maybe there's days I felt like I failed. My instructor's like, hey, that's totally normal. But I went home and I felt like a failure. And the first thing I wanted to do was bury my face in the books and start studying, preparing, and, and so I could get through it and pass it, whatever it was. Um, but something in my gut always stopped me. It's, and it said, no, you need to. You, you don't need to do that right yet now. You can get that to that in a minute. You need to deal with your emotions. And mm -hmm. how people do that is different. You know, whether you're journaling or you want to work out, you punch something, not people. Um, try. <laughs> the, the bottom line is you would not go run a race with a weight vest. So you need to remove that emotion before you mm -hmm. kind of put yourself back in the place of preparing because if you do that and you let go of that emotion, even though it feels in the moment and even sometimes today when I do it, it feels like a waste of time because I want to just get back to studying or preparing. You need to, you need to do it so that you mm. can be fully ready to prepare to get through that challenge when you face it again. Oh my gosh, Tammy, there's so much power in what you're saying on a couple of different lights. Um, so I'll start from the beginning where you said when you start rising to the top, the imposter syndrome actually becomes more intense. It's a funny thing, right? Because it's like we've worked so hard to get to a certain level and you keep climbing up that ladder and you would think that you would feel, oh, mighty and great. And you don't. In fact, you feel sometimes that imposter syndrome creep in 
10 times worse and you feel like, oh my gosh, do I deserve this? So I wanted to highlight that because I think there's, you know, that really needs to be said. There's so many people out there that really have worked so hard to achieve great things and are experiencing that feeling. And then coming back to, you know, um, feeling like when we get all those emotions built up, I love that you said, just take a moment and, and deal with that before you work, you know, go into the work, before you go back to studying, before you jump back into life. You know, I, I think that that's one thing that people don't do either. I think we know that, yeah, you shouldn't bottle up emotions, but actually, you know, making it a priority to, to take a moment and to release that. And you said it in such a great way. We wouldn't go running with a weight vest on. Not the race, at least. Maybe you'll train that way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll train that way. Yeah. Build some muscle. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't run a race with that on. So I, and I don't, you know, that's where I had to really break down. Cause a lot, what I did to a lot of people have always asked me, how did you do all the things that you did? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I want to use the, the Nike saying, just do it, but that's not yeah. helpful to anybody. So I really mm -hmm. had to, after I retired, I sat down and I, for a long time, I kind of, what did I do? And that's where I got the, you know, the three aspects of what I call a mission focused mindset, preparation, yeah. battling, recognizing and battling the enemies within, and then getting in the zone, just developing that no quit mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me bring in one comment. I think this refers back to when you you start climbing up that ladder. Uh, Manly said that's called altitude sickness. <laughs> so I had to share that. That's a good little laugh. And so tell me, let's go back into um, the third getting in the zone. What do you mean by that? Yeah, that's that really is really owning that bail out before I bail up men mentality. So, um, am I still hard to hear? Let me, do you want me to switch microphones really fast? You could try that. That's fine. How about I go into another commercial? That sounds great. Thank you. Perfect. Hello everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of the Kim Jacobs show. And you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. 
So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. We're getting in the zone. Yeah. So getting in the zone to me is, is really just about taking on that bailout before I bail out mentality. Um, and I think this is where a lot of people lose their way just because I think that they don't stick to it. They, like we talked about earlier, it gets harder than they thought it was going to be. And they think that's that sign. So what do you do in my, in my mind, like I said, unless there's a drastic change, the decision-making is done back here. I process through like this is alignment with my core values. This everything is, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And I set myself down that path and assuming nothing has changed. I just really take that. I'm, I'm going to get through this mentality. And it doesn't mean I feel like I'm going to every time I have the quitting thoughts it, and I have the doubts but this is the thing. Everybody has those. It's what you do with those thoughts that count. Acknowledge, dismiss, acknowledge, dismiss. We're just not going to give that energy. It doesn't need any energy. You know, we decided back here, this is what we wanted. Yeah. Acknowledge, dismiss. I like that. That's a really good tactic. So, um, and speaking of, you know, your career and all of the Awesome thing. I love, I, I just, I just got to say, I think it's really cool that you have taken so much time to reflect on how you did it. You know, when, and like you said, you know, how did you do it? Well, just do it. I just did it, you know, and, but really spending some time to reflect on how do you communicate how you did it, you know, with somebody that there's something to be said about that. Not a lot of people do that. Um, and I want to bring in some some of the photo album that we have here. Let's share 
a little bit about you and your story and your family. Yeah, there's my family. That That's about two years ago, but I have three kids. And right now they're 15, 14, and nine. They're all very athletic. Um, they're all runners, but the eldest one, she is an 800 runner and a cross country runner. My son is football and he runs the 400 really well. And then my littlest one is a competitive gymnast. She's been doing that for a couple years now. She spends 16 hours a week at the gym. It's insane. But I just, you know, and that's where I work on their mindsets the most, because I think that sports is really a helpful place to develop that and, and apply it to how does this apply to life? Yeah, you talk a lot about, you know, um, I think you you mentioned it here. Let me find it. So you said um, a lot about the power of mindset and mental performance it includes proper sleep, nutrition and fitness. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of research out there that talks about how it affects the chemicals in your brain, you know, whether it's working out or it's deep breathing or what we're eating, how much sugar we're ingesting and caffeine we're intake. It's it's all plays in. And so it, it all matters. And so much of it affects our brains. So, and which is, you know, where our mindset and thoughts and all that, you know, we are. Okay. This is one of the fun parts and I'll, <laughs> I'm going to get these out so we can see the screen. So these, these are the, I was going to say the predators that you, <laughs> just because I saw that word right in front of me. Th these are these incredible machines that you had the pleasure of learning, knowing, riding, flying, navigating, share. So um, the one in the top left, the T-37 tweet, is used to be the primary trainer for the Air Force. That was the first jet that anyone would fly. And um, I, my first assignment, although I went, so I flew that, and then I transitioned to the T-38 Talon, which is the fighter bomber track. Um, and my friends, most of them, we were supposed to go off to fighters, right? But I got assigned to stay back and become an instructor pilot in the T-37 for the first three years of my career, which it's an honor and to be selected to come back and instruct. And I, looking back, it was the best job I ever had, but it was a pause. It was a pause in going to fly these really cool jets. Um, so I did that for several years and I loved the impact I could make on other people's lives in that platform. And then I, then I went on to fly the airplane that's in the bottom, the, the A-10 Warthog. So I went to Tucson. I learned how to fly the A-10. That's where I met my husband, who was a Border Patrol agent. And then I spent a year in Korea flying the A-10. Then I came back to Tucson. But I had in 2006, I had cervical spine reconstruction. And so I transitioned out of that platform and I went into the unmanned planes. So you'll see the two on, in the middle on the sides are, are the remotely piloted aircraft. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would fly remotely piloted aircraft, but it was perfect for me getting married and wanting to have kids and still wanting to make a difference um, and having the spine injury. So I did that for, I don't know, six to eight years. I can't remember. But and then I ended my career back in the T-38 Talon, the one in the upper right hand corner. I was a full-time reservist as an instructor pilot for the last six years of my life. Again, loving what I did. And what was interesting was that although I did a lot of stick and rudder instruction, I discovered that much of my instructional training was a mindset. It was the mental game. Like, how do you do tough things? How do you get through an emergency? How do you not you know, freak out when you're flying the plane? And um, I know that sounds kind of silly, but it's, 
you know, you can't just, again, pull over in a cloud. So their, their heads had to be in the game. So that was a lot of what I taught. And I don't think there's enough in, in that world. So, which is why I went into my mental performance coaching for aviators. We had a comment. Yes. And wow. Instructor pilots are the best of the best. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, once, once taught twice learned. <laughs> And I do agree that that mental, you have to have that, that side. So yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this picture because, um, and, and this is, I know you shared this cause there's definitely, um, a big reason you said, I, I think this is your weapon school. Is that correct? Not no, quite yet. No, this, this is okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So what happened, this is actually kind of funny. I, I look like I gained some weight here. And yes, I, I did. It's because I have a baby in my belly. Uh -huh. And so this is when I was flying remotely piloted aircraft. And what is so interesting about this is that one of the reasons I decided to go fly unmanned platforms was because I was getting married and wanted to have children. And I didn't want to say, hey, guys, I can't fly right now. I'm grounded because I'm pregnant. So I thought this is perfect. I'm going to you know go fly unmanned platforms. So when I got pregnant for the first time, I was so excited. And I ran to the flight doctor and I said, can you confirm this? I just want to make sure. And he's like, yep, you're pregnant. And I was so excited. And then he looked at me and he said, and you're grounded. And I'm like, I'm grounded for what? I'm like three feet off the ground in a trailer. And what he said was the regulate. It was such a new, it was still kind of a new platform he said, the regulations haven't caught up. So we're just, we have to apply the heavy aircraft regulations to you. Because if I, if they applied fighter jet regulations, I would have been grounded the whole time. Heavy aircraft, they can fly second trimester. So they grounded me my first trimester. I flew my second trimester. And during that time, I worked with the flight docs to do some research and like give inputs and like data on why it's okay that we fly pregnant in this platform. Mm -hmm. And we did get the regulation changed so I could fly until 36 weeks. So I was grounded the last four weeks, just in case I went into labor, they were worried about it. But um, yeah, that's kind of where that story because story comes in. So I was actually flying combat support missions, talking to guys on the ground, fighting the war with this huge belly. <laughs> well, and this is, this is pretty powerful because you did you have a, a voice in the regulations after that point? Uh, I mean, I think at that point, I, I mean, my voice spoke and got the regulation changed and I, I didn't pursue it any longer. I know that things have changed since then. They've made some tweaks and stuff since then. Um, but it just, the, the bottom line is sometimes when things are not an option, we shouldn't always just go, oh, okay, I guess I'll go another direction. Um, I'm not right, saying really going against the grain, you know, yeah, I mean, don't break the rules, but go why? Yeah. Why is it like this? This doesn't make any sense. And really pursue that, you know, hey, let's fix this. And yeah. it didn't always work because I did it time and time again, but um, it worked in this case. So, well, I think there's, there's a lot of power in that, you know, you know, feeling like, like you can say something different, like, well, and question things, you know, well, why is this seek to understand? And while you're seeking to understand, you know, maybe open up the minds of, of everyone else around you. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> that is the weapon school picture. <laughs> okay, there we go. So this is an interesting story. And this is this is a true story of perseverance. And this is when I really solidified my philosophy of fail out before you bail out. Because what happened mm -hmm. was, is when I was five months pregnant with my son there on the left, I was asked if I wanted to go to weapons school. And I, my immediate response, to be quite frank, was F no. Now, I didn't actually say that. I just thought it. <laughs> but that's a big thought from someone who rarely swears. It tells you, like, I thought it was ridiculous. There's no way. Because weapons school is essentially the top gun of the Air Force. Mm -hmm. a really challenging course. And I knew it. And they asked, they are asking me if I wanted to go. And I thought, I'm not really me. Um, but, you know, we all have those self-doubt issues, right? So sometimes when we have those self-doubt issues and we're lacking in confidence in ourselves, we need to believe in those who believe in us. I'm going to believe those people who believe in me. So my leadership believed in me. And I went home and I told my husband and I, I told him this ridiculous opportunity is, you know, and he looked at me and he said, you have to go. You have to go. You can't turn down an opportunity like this. And he was the one that the second person who said, I believe in you, because sometimes we don't believe in ourselves. Mm. And that's, that's okay. But you have to find the belief somewhere. Because sometimes we'll lack it, we can use other people's belief in us, eventually, we will need to build our own confidence. And I did that. But I, I ended up saying, yes, I want to go. I applied. I got accepted. And then I was in preparation. I was doing all the work, still flying combat missions, ready to go. I mean, I was mentally, I'm doing this. And my leadership called me in and they said, yeah, we didn't really think about the caliber and intensity of weapons school when we asked you to apply. So given your current circumstances, we don't think it's the best interest of the squadron to send you. And I was speechless, but I paused and I basically said, with all due respect, sir, I applied, I got accepted, I'm going. Mm -hmm. And so good for you. Do you wow. think that was easy? No, of course okay. not. But I went. And when I showed up, I knew that my own leadership didn't support me at this point. They did at first, but I had already, I had already said, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'd gotten the confidence from them in the beginning. The fact that I was pregnant didn't change anything. And I needed people to know that. So I got there, they didn't believe in me. And then when the instructors found out that I had just had a baby three months prior and I had an 18 month old too, they for sure thought I wasn't going to make it. And additionally, were questioning me as a mom. It's so interesting how mm. I got questioned, but yet men do this all the time. Mm. But, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to disregard what you have to say. Acknowledge, dismiss, right? Acknowledge, dismiss. And I just plugged through. And to be honest with you, some of that was probably fuel for the, on the fire to get me through, you know, to show it was possible. And was it hard? It was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back, but I don't know if I'd do it again. It was that hard. Yeah. And, but we did it. And with his support, you know, my family support and, you know, we did it. So. Wow. What a, an incredible 
story. And, and, and I, my body is just kind of getting like, like these chills, the hair standing up because I I'm just putting myself in that position. Um, just coming from a law enforcement background, I kind of understand what it, what it's like when you're in front of your command staff, um, and, you know, asking things or stating your mind or, or what have you, you know, and wanting to move forward because you're so passionate and you want to be involved and you want to do everything. And, you know, the responses that you get, especially as being a mother and a woman and, you know, yes, of course it's hard because when you're pregnant, you are going through all of these different things. You know, your body is changing and, and now you're putting on that mental, um, and, and physical aspect of, of that's challenging. So yes, it was extremely difficult and how brave of you to, to say, you know, with all due respect, sir. Yeah, it was accepted a- me. <laughs> so we're going to continue with this. How- Decision making is back here and it was done. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so cool. What what an incredibly powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, of course, of course. So, it, and it definitely leads us into um, your, your new journey with speaking and teaching and you know, leading others on, on how you did all of these things. And I want to bring in, if I may, um, because I, I find it so exciting personally, I want to share this, um, these photographs. Yeah, those are from our website. So Athena's Voice USA.com. That's the Athena's Voice is the business that I started, the speaking business. Because I think that what what really happened was is my husband, again, he's like, you should go be a professional speaker. And I I thought, what? You're insane. I uh-uh. <laughs> um, just to be totally transparent. But then I realized that so many women just quietly go off into the night and they're humble and don't talk about what they did. And it's hurting people behind us. You know, the way I think of it is I started this business to have more women get their voices out there because there's just not many of us. And the way I feel like if there's a, you come upon a forest and you want to go through it, you're going to blaze your trail. Right. But what happened, what's happening so often is women will quietly move on and they, they don't share what they did. Um, and their path gets overgrown and then people have to blaze another trail and another trail. They're not getting much further. So the idea is let's keep the trail clear. Let's shine a floodlight on it. Let's get you ladies or whoever, as far as we got, and then you can go way further because it's easier to get where we got. And that's really kind of the goal. It's one of the goals of Athena's voice, but I mean, the, also the idea that, men are out there speaking to both men and women. I think it's important that women are out there speaking to both men and women on leadership and perseverance and diversity and all the things. Yeah, absolutely. I want to make sure that people know where to find this. And I I had to share, Tammy, because these photographs are so cool. They're just rocking. They're sexy. They're, they're beautiful. They're, 
top gunish, you know, they're, they're just wonderful. And so I wanted to share it with everybody. And this website is www.athenasvoiceusa.com. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, transitions. Um, oh, I want to actually, I'll bring it in a comment. CJ says, this is a really powerful story and I'm glad I've gotten to hear it. It's awesome how you became a speaker. So many people can hear this amazing story. Thank so you. yes, that, that goes into um, sharing the stories and these incredible, you know, what I, I would call female warriors, you know, all of the things that they have done and, and having a voice and speaking their truth and sharing the stories. But when we talk about transitions, you know, it's not easy sometimes to transition out of a field like this, the what's next. And would you say, Tammy, that when when these people share their stories, men, women alike, anybody, you know, through a transition like that, when they share their stories, is it easier? Is it easier? Was what easier? I'm sorry. Is it easier when, so when you're transitioning out of this, you're retiring. Okay. And, and you're moving on to something else. Sometimes I feel like it can be almost an identity crisis sort of situation yes. where you don't, you don't know who you are anymore. If you're not working anymore and, and these mm -hmm. kind of positions in particularly where you feel really high up, these are positions of power. Yeah. And, and so when you transition out of that and the what's next, it can be difficult. So yeah. in sharing your story, I would, I believe that it makes a transition easier. Yeah, that's true. I, I think so for sure. What I think is interesting when we talk about transitioning out of specifically something like, you know, being a fighter pilot, people a lot oftentimes do have difficult times with it. Um, I think oftentimes I think back to, and this is, this is going to maybe seem like an interesting transition, but you'll, I'll connect it. When I was in a squadron, I was usually the only female or one of very few. And sometimes the spouses were not super fond of me. Um, mm. kind of, I think some of it was because I could walk the walk, talk the talk. And oh, by the way, I'm not necessarily like this butch like chick. And mm. I'm not trying to be like egotistical here at all. It was just the experience I had. A lot of people just didn't like me. Not a lot, a few people just didn't like me. But the thing is, you know, I would get in one specific squadron. I was invited to be part of the, the spouses group because it was mostly women. And I was so grateful because I had children and I was a wife and I needed to relate with these people and have, you know, like these other women that could, they could relate to the things that I was going through. It was so very nice. Um, and I would have, occasionally I would have an issue, but I think because, you know, People thought I defined myself by my career, but I didn't. You know, when you define yourself by your career, then maybe that would have been more of an issue. But I thought of myself as a mom, as a wife, as a not as a fighter pilot. I mean, yes, that was one thing that I was. And this leads to the transition because if you define yourself by what you do, when you transition away from it, there's going to be an identity crisis. And you have to recognize that. So, and that's okay. I mean, you just have to know it's coming. And did I feel some of it? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you walk around getting saluted. I mean, that that's our egos being fed. We all have some level of ego and I'm just being very transparent. Um, but that's not, you know, 
it doesn't matter now that nobody salutes me. It It's not about that. It's about what can you do in the world and what is your role now and how can you play it best, whether it's being a mom or a speaker or, you know, just being on the board of your school, you know, school board, whatever it is, you do it to your best. And that's, that's the thing. Who are you as a person, not as your job? Yes. I, I like how you said that. Very nice. I've, I think I had to share that. So I appreciate it. Thank you for the feedback and the service. I love that you're working with other women to share more of this, to share those stories. And so tell me what, what is next for you? You know, I am, um, I'm not sure. I mean, right now I'm just focused on my family. So they're the priority. I, I, I made sure I hit 20 so that I could focus on my family mm -hmm. and the speaking thing. I just, I know that I have, I have so much unique experience that I don't want it to get buried, which is why I started the speaking business and helping other people get their stories out there and just kind of inspire other people. Cause I really think that we all can achieve so much more than we give ourselves credit for, but we just know, how, we need to know how to get through those, those tough times and mm -hmm. you know how to not quit. And, and if I can help anybody, figure that out and, and achieve something they want to achieve, but think they can't, then I've done what I want to do, whether it's my kids, whether it's their friends, or if it's somebody in the audience I spoke to, I mean, that's my goal right now. I'm in, and you know, what other opportunities come my way out? We'll see, but <laughs> I just love helping people. That's just the truth. Yes. And well, you know, we really appreciate you, you sharing that with you know, here on the Wellness Driven Life Show platform. It's definitely something that I really love and enjoy myself. That's why we're here. That's why we have incredible guests such as yourself sharing their dreams, their stories, and their visions and goals. So I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you, how to reach out to you, and also that all of this information is left in the description um, of the show. So I know there's going to be many of you watching the replay. That's where you find all the juice, all of the, the connections. So www.tammybarlett.com. That's T-A-M-M-Y-B-A-R-L-E-T-T-E. Again, www.tammybarlette.com. And also, again, athenasvoiceusa.com. That's www.athenasvoiceusa.com, where you can find those beautiful um, women warriors. And I uh, want to bring in one more comment here. CJ says, I love the way that you have revolved how you do things around your family. That is admirable and inspiring. Very sweet. So, uh, and going back to thanking you again very much, Tammy, for being on this show. I want to let everybody know that our guest, the show wouldn't be possible without you and your incredible donations. You can donate um, in many different ways. And when you donate from our website at www.thewellnessdrivenlifeshow.com, you'll be left with a beautiful email follow-up that you can keep for your records. So uh, I want to thank everyone again. Thank you for attending the show. And when you have comments and you're watching the replay, make sure you leave those comments and we'll get back to you. So thank you again, Tammy. It's been a pleasure. 
And for everyone else, goodbye for now, and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you.